Welcome to Nerd Heaven. Today, we're talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League. Well, it's here. It has been released, finally. And what a movie it is. It was awesome. This was the movie that we should have gotten all along. The first thing you'll notice in the differences with this is the aspect ratio. If you've been following this movie for a while, you'll know that Zack Snyder wanted to use a square 4x3 frame because superheroes are taller than they are wider and you just get more of the sense of that heroic kind of pose with that aspect ratio. Plus he wanted to fit it specifically for the IMAX big screen. At first that seemed a little bit weird watching it that way at home. You know, you got this big TV but it's just this 4x3 square in the middle of the screen. But very quickly it just became the way the movie was and I just got used to it. The beginning of this film was very different. Gone is the moustache Superman talking on some kid's mobile phone. Now we have a beginning here that ties us very directly into the ending of Batman vs Superman. And it's very emotional, it's extremely well done, and it it, tied, it triggers the plot, basically. Uh, it was a fantastic beginning. Um, I really liked it. Another thing you'll notice right up front is the music score. Uh, gone is the Danny Elfman score. Uh, we've got the Junkie XL score back, which was always intended from the beginning. And, uh, yeah, look, it, it's great. Um, the Junkie XL score is very clearly um, much better, in my subjective opinion, than the Danny Elfman score. Um, I mean, Danny Elfman has d done lots of good things, but the score he made for Justice League, it just, it didn't fit the kind of movie that, well, certainly the movie that we wanted it to be. Um, so yeah, the Junkie XL score is powerful, it's emotional, it, it, it's gut-wrenching. One thing I noticed, though, that there were no real noticeable kind of musical themes that really stood out like they were in both Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman. Now, Man of Steel had that, that iconic Superman theme, which is carried through all the other movies. Uh, Batman vs. Superman had uh, Batman's The Beautiful Lie theme, which was just, like, that just makes you cry, that music. I can't pick out any particular piece of music in this movie that, that impacted me the same way those two did. Now, it's interesting because Hans Zimmer actually came back and scored Wonder Woman 1984, and I didn't feel like that was kind of up to his usual standard either. I think maybe what I'm finding is that I like Hans Zimmer and Junkie XL the best when they're together. Now, there were some scenes in this cut that I was surprised to see that were in the theatrical cut. Now, some of these were unexpected, but even those, they mostly came across very differently in this cut than they did in the, in the previous cut because of the music, because of the framing, the, you know, the colours, the overall tone. A very powerful example of this is a scene early in the movie, you've seen it before, where Wonder Woman saves some school kids from some terrorists. In this version, I really felt the danger. I, I saw the fear in the eyes of those kids and it just impacted me so much more powerfully in this version. It, it was really quite amazing. Like, my daughter was there watching it with me, and she's like, it's, it's like I'm watching the same movie, but I'm watching a completely different movie. And it reminded us of um, those YouTube videos, the, the Editing is Everything ones, where they do a trailer for a movie in, like, 20 different genres. It just shows you the power of, of the editing and all those other aspects. And that was helpful for my daughter as, as an actor. She's really into drama. Uh, to see 
There are so many different elements in a movie that contribute to the storytelling. Let's talk about Steppenwolf. Man, Steppenwolf looked so much better in this version of the movie. It was awesome. He looked so much more alien. Um, you know, Steppenwolf in, in the theatrical cut, you know, he just looked like this... You know, I actually thought it was a guy in makeup because it just looked like a guy with a little bit of yellow slapped on his face and then a really stupid-looking helmet on his head. But uh, this Steppenwolf, you know, that gone is the silly helmet, but he's got these, these horns that are a part of his head, and that makes him look so much more alien. And the, the face, just the way the face integrates with the rest of his head, it just... It makes him look alien and exotic and scary, and just... It was, it was fantastic. I really, really liked the look in this. And it was so much more than just his appearance. Steppenwolf felt dangerous in this version of the movie. I actually felt fearful of him. You know, I was worried for these Amazon warriors. I, I was worried for anyone who was going to come into the path of this creature because it was one scary bloke. I never really felt fearful of the weird Steppenwolf. This version of the character had motivations and backstory that made sense and were compelling. And his armour? That was awesome. But he looked even more awesome when the armour came off, and you could just see how alien this guy is. Very cool. Now, Flash and Cyborg, they were so much better in this movie. They were actually characters, believe it or not. Now, Flash was still used for some comedy, and some of his reactions were still kind of a little bit annoying, but they felt so much more natural. Now, a wonderful example of this is when they first come into the Batcave, and he sees it for the first time. In the theatrical version, he's kind of zipping around, and then he kind of comes and looks right into the camera, and he goes, it's like a, like a bat cave! And that was just such, such a, a horrible, just cringy, horrible moment that uh, I just did not like at all. In this version, you know, he's still got that same childlike sense of, wow, this is the bat cave. But the way it's expressed, it's just, it comes across so much better. Now, Barry's scene with Iris West was wonderful. And yes, it was still very much a humorous scene. But you know what? It was actually funny. Like, I laughed at this scene. And I'll I tell you what, the, the way Iris looks at Barry, like... So there's this moment where, where she's outside, he's inside a building, and they're looking at each other through the glass. And yeah, you, you know that Barry is, is going to be kind of hooked by her, that you know he's going to be... Uh, attracted to and eventually in love with Iris West. But the way she looks back at him, like, wow, she can tell that she's she's really interested in this. Oh, who's this guy here? You know, I've seen the first couple of seasons of the Flash TV show, and with all the angst and the drama, I never really felt anything regarding Barry and Iris and their relationship. Like, the show never made me feel anything. But this one scene in the Snyder Cut, I am really rooting for these kids to get together. Because I can just see that spark between them. And it is really sweet. And it is really, really great to see. But this, this scene uses some really good use of slow-mo. They really drag the scene out almost too much. But this is Barry in his world. This is him using a speed. And we get to see life through his eyes. And we've seen that before in like Smallville and stuff. But, but this really, really goes into it. And he's there, he's saving Iris, you've seen that in the trailer. And there's, he just kind of takes this moment just to really look at her and go, wow, this girl is really pretty. 
uh, I've got to save her life, but I've got a moment here to just, uh, to admire her. And, um, because he is just so super fast, he can do that. And so he lets himself live in that moment for a moment. And again, it was really sweet. Cyborg had a very moving backstory and a very satisfying arc in this version of the film. Zack was not kidding when he said that Cyborg is the heart of this movie. Tied into Cyborg's character arc is the way that Steppenwolf finally manages to get that third mother box, and it's done so much better in this version of the movie. Again, there's emotion, there's things that matter in it. But Cyborg was vitally important to saving Earth. He had an important reason to be there in this version. Aquaman wasn't really that much different in this cut, but his relationships with Falco and Mira were much more fleshed out, leading into the Aquaman movie a lot better. And Wonder Woman, again, was not that much different. But the Themyscira sequence in this cut of the movie, wow, that was so much better. That was powerful. Now, I loved Ben Affleck as Batman in Batman vs Superman. Such a great portrayal. But in the theatrical cut of Justice League, Batfleck just didn't really feel like Batfleck. But here, in this version, he's back, mate. And he feels like Batfleck again. And he has some much better scenes with Alfred. Now, Superman, man, everything is better with Superman in this movie. <laughs> everything. The longer runtime meant it was ages before we actually got to see Superman. And that really allowed us to wallow in the fact that this is a world without Superman. And it was important to make us live in that world for a while before they brought him back. So we get to see Superman coming to terms with being himself and being alive. It's still fairly brief, but it's there. We actually get some emotion and some character, and no stupid quips about death feeling itchy. Come on. Superman was used so much better in the climax of this cut of the movie. Superman is powerful and dangerous, and there's no stupid laughing Superman and Wonder Woman making degrading remarks about working with children. All that's gone. And the black suit, mate. <laughs> I love the black suit. as an important link back to the comics. I mean, it doesn't mean a whole lot in terms of the story, but it's a visual tie into the comics that, that means a lot to people who have read um, the, the Death of Superman and, and Rise of the Supermen. Now, Lois's scenes in this movie, again, were so much better. Just more genuinely emotional. Her grief was more raw. Oh, there was a, a scene right at the beginning. Um, it involves a coffee cup, and that really moved me. I loved that. And Lois's scene with Martha in this cut was so much better than the equivalent scene that she had in the other version of the, the film. So much better. Now, I don't think it's a spoiler to mention Martian Manhunter. Zack Snyder has been talking about this for years on the internet. This character does appear fairly briefly in this movie. He has one meaningful scene, um, which, which was meaningful. Um, and there's another little appearance in the epilogue. I'm still not sure how I feel about the particular character that ended up being Martian Manhunter. About them being Martian Manhunter. I mean, I liked that character for who they were. And you, you've, it's hard to accept that Martian Manhunter you know, never helped in Man of Steel or Batman vs Superman, at least not in the way that he could have. So I'm kind of in two minds about that bit. What I'm not in two minds about is the Joker scenes. I always liked Jared Leto's Joker, but after this movie, everyone will like Jared Leto's Joker. Trust me. 
the climax was so much better in this cut of the movie. It was like a different movie. It all tied in with character. It was so much more satisfying. Having seen the Snyder Cut now, and particularly the climax of it, I realise that what was done to the theatrical cut of this movie was nothing short of a crime. A crime against art, and a crime against the artist. This movie is divided into six chapters, which feel like natural divisions, making the whole thing feel like a show that you can binge or watch separately. And although it is very long, you know, I very happily sat and watched this whole thing in, in a night. Um, it was a good experience just to see the whole thing together. The epilogue brought a couple of surprises in otherwise familiar scenes, and there was one big extended part, which I really can't talk about in a non-spoilery way. The epilogue leads into what might have come next in the sequel, without taking away from the satisfying nature of the ending of this film. Now, there were one or two things in the theatrical cut, which I assume were Whedon editions because they weren't present here, which I liked. Not big things, and all the other awesomeness meant that I didn't waste too much time missing them, but there were a couple of moments that I liked in the theatrical cut that were absent here. I have a lot more to say about this movie, but I'll do that in my usual format where I discuss and analyse the movie scene by scene. That'll take a lot longer to do, and I'll do that sometime in the coming months. Justice League has been well and truly redeemed. We now have an incredible trilogy in Man of Steel, Batman vs Superman, and Justice League. A very satisfying trilogy, which in a lot of ways is Superman's story. I am so grateful for the worldwide fan movement that helped bring this movie to reality, and more important, helped raise more money for suicide. I am so grateful for the worldwide fan movement that helped to bring this movie to reality, and even more importantly, raised so much money and awareness for suicide prevention. I was only a very small part of that. I tweeted things and all that, but man, I mean, these people that raise money and they, they put, put, um, billboards up and they they'd sky riding in the sky like there are some passionate fans and I take my hat off to those people um, I wouldn't have got to see this movie without them if you are in any way interested in superheroes then you need to see this movie and with all of that said I would like to end this review in the same way that the movie ended for autumn 